And welcome, everybody, to episode one of a new series brought to you by SportsDegens.com called Bench with Bubba. I am your host, Bubba. You can find me on Twitter, at BTNTrick. Uh, tonight, as the first guest on the pod, we will have Rome at Rome Shots. Rome, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing good, guys. How's everyone doing tonight? Good, good. Rome, uh, for those that have been with us from the beginning at Sports DJ. Rome is one of the originals. He uh, was one of the great uh, assets of Talk and Chalk with his um, his uh, special chair in the corner. Um, Rome brought brought the noise, brought the funk. Um, these weekly pods, Bench with Bubba, just be kind of what's going on in sports, pop culture, drinking, food, whatever we want to talk about, just about an hour worth of just goofing off and kind of covering things that – you know, it's on on the tip of uh, of what people are enjoying in sports these days. Uh, before we really get into what's going on recently, Rome, uh, give a little little intro about yourself. Yeah, of course. So, um, so first of all, you know, pleasure to be uh, on here with uh, with you, Bubba. And uh, uh, you know, it's, I've been a part of the Sports DJ crew here for probably close to a year, and uh, you know, started. Uh, Kind of started making the appearance with Talking Chalk along with uh, with Alex Cloje. Uh, it, it was kind of the three of our guests, and uh, really, you know, had fun uh, kind of breaking down the college football season, um, you know, last winter, and uh, you know, really, really just enjoyed it. Had a good time. Uh, since then, I've kind of been focusing uh, more towards the NBA or basketball. It's definitely my best sport in terms of just uh, breaking it down. Uh, NBA is definitely a little bit better than college for me, but I love it all. I'm just a hoops addict, just an absolute hoops degenerate. So, um, you know, I've got my own systems in terms of betting, and I usually do pretty well. I mean, I can I can get a pretty good read on whether it's just an individual game or whether it's a series. Um, but, you know, it's all about the synergy. It's all about the team chemistry for basketball. So, um, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm a little short guy. I'm like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, uh, like, uh, you know, it's like I can't actually perform the way I, I'd like to on the basketball court. I mean, I'm quick and whatnot, but it's uh, maybe that's – why I love just kind of breaking down the game of basketball. It's uh, you know it's definitely one of my favorite sports, uh, and um, you know, it's been it's been fun. Definitely got a lot of good feedback. I was doing uh, you know daily fantasy articles uh, almost every day throughout the entire NBA season, uh, and then uh, uh, S. Mitchell seventeen. I believe I think it is uh, on Twitter. I've been and definitely gave out some good insight in terms of whether it's daily fantasy or, um, you know, or obviously just breaking down a, a game or breaking down a playoff series. So, you know, look out for us. Obviously, the NBA season just ended here. Uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers were, were uh, victorious. So LeBron, you know, brought one back for the land. So, uh, you know, good for them. And that obviously beginning next year as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, that kind of brings us into it. Roma, yeah, he was one of our lead NBA guys. Helped out a ton with March Madness. He's in some Pac-12 football. For those that don't know, I won't tell exactly where Rome's at, but he's in the wonderful land of uh, Southern California. And um, one of the most eligible bachelors down there, if I say so myself. Um, but as we said, he's uh, he, was big, he was big on our NBA front. And... Uh, That'll take us right into what took place last night. We saw a game seven in the NBA finals. 
And this was an NBA Finals that was one of the strange ones that I can remember. Uh, Warriors were up three games to one, and they lost three in a row to the Cavs, two of them in Oracle. And um, LeBron just put on a show for the ages, uh, did things that most have just never heard of, never seen. Uh, real quick, I have a um, a quick uh, stats deal for, for LeBron. His career average in the regular season, 27.2 points, 7.2 boards, 6.9 assists, 1.7 steals, 8 blocks. In the NBA Finals, his seven NBA Finals he's been at, he's averaged 27 points, 9.9 boards, 7.2 assists, 1.9 steals, and 0.9 blocks. The guy's a freak. Um, his last two seasons in the final, 32.5 points, 12.2 boards, 8.8 assists. Um, let's start it off real quick, uh, Rome. Uh, the Cavs were the eighth team in NBA history to beat the team in the finals the following year after being knocked out by the same team in the finals. What do you think – we'll start with what do you think went wrong with the Warriors to blow a 3-1 lead? Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's not – it's never just one thing. Uh, you know, it's got it's going to be a combination of things. Uh, they, really quickly here, basically I think it was a combination um, of – uh, injuries, you know, I, I think I don't think Steph was ever 100% throughout this entire series. I know that he was being a man about it and obviously didn't want to make any excuses. But, um, you know, the shot was there some nights. The shot was not there a lot of the other nights. But his mobility, uh, you know, his elusiveness, his, his uh, you know, shake, his dribble and drive, that was definitely not there at all. Uh, so, you know, no matter what he says, I know that he wasn't 100%. Um, you know, they, they lost Andrew Bogut. Um, I think that was either after the second I could remember, but that's a big loss. You, you got to understand, you know, he does enough. Um, he play, plays enough minutes and kind of gives some of the other big guys a rest and allows Steve Kerr to mix and match in terms of the depth of the lineups that he wants to play. He can definitely rebound. He can play a little bit of defense here there. You know, he's just a, he's just a big banger. So he can he use his body and size up. So what was that game three or game four? You know the game where LeBron game got Draymond Green suspended because that kind of opened up the can of worms and that enabled. Game except for the first two games, and so but after that, it was extremely, you know. So, you know, Dre obviously felt a little insulted, you know, gave him a little, little uh, cock tap, a little nut, nut slap, and you know, the rest is history. Ended up getting suspended, but uh, you know, did he deserve to get suspended? Probably, but. There's a lot of controversy about that because, you know, how, about how they didn't suspend him in the series versus OKC for something similar, uh, some, you know, some other rough play with uh, Steven Adams. So, you know, it's just kind of a it, – obviously, it's a, it's a combination of factors, but uh, that's, in my opinion, essentially why uh, Golden State kind of gave up that, you know, that 3-1 lead and, and obviously wasn't able to ultimately get it done. Yeah, no, definitely. Um 
Now we'll, we'll, we'll turn to the flip side. Um, LeBron, his performance, I mentioned his stats in the, the finals and this, that, and the other. Um, it was probably one of the more memorable finals performances you can ever see. Um, he led all teams in all major statistical categories. Um, do you think this is one of the best, if not the best, finals performances we've ever seen? Um, yeah, here, let me, just before I get to breaking down that specifically, let me see if I can uh, kind of fix some of the audio issues. I'm hearing that I'm breaking up a little bit. Let me uh, let me just adjust the stream a little bit here. All right, cool. So we should be better now. Um, yeah, so listen, talking about LeBron James, I mean, he had a, you know, obviously uh, I was a little bit disappointed because the first two games, they flat out just got beat up in Golden State. The third game, um, you know, I, I, the only he he played well. I mean, his numbers obviously speak for themselves. Uh, there was I can't remember which game it was. I think it was either the second or the third game, but I saw him just being so passive. He wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't driving to the hoop. Um, I believe they I believe Kerr specifically double teamed him basically every time he got the ball in the first two games. And I believe in games three and four, he. Uh, you know, he kind of he kind of settled in a little bit. I think he kind of got the monkey off his back a little bit, but he still wasn't being aggressive. We didn't see that. We didn't see the same play as we saw um, in Game Seven, Game Six, and Game Five, where he was just being. You know, even if he doesn't drive to the rim every single time, when he gets into the lane, you know, he's such a good passer. He's got that vision. He's so big. If he doesn't try to lay it up and finish, then he, he's going to pass it to an open man that's going to create shots. So. You know, for me, I, I saw the big difference. Um, it, it was it, – I forget which game it was. I think it was three where we just – everybody was just beating him up like, listen, man, you got to you gotta, you gotta play more aggressive than that. You know, he, he could, you could just tell he was being passive like he was playing scared. Um, but, you know, LeBron, I mean, listen, I just want to, to – to average or to basically to get a triple-double in game seven, there's only two other players, I believe, that have, had, that have done that before. One was James Worthy. I believe the other one was Magic Johnson. Is that is that right, Brian? That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. hey, listen, two Lakers, two Laker greats. So, you know, for him to be <laughs> up there with uh, with those guys, just in terms of finishing out the series and winning that game seven, um, yeah. was very, very impressive. And he's, uh, you know, he's, dude, he, sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, he's just about unstoppable as long as he's healthy. Um, you know, I think the knock has always been um, either him not being aggressive enough and settling for jump shots which uh, which is ultimately what happened to the Warriors. That was their downfall in Game Seven. They just they were just shooting them, and they just didn't make them. And that's ultimately, you know, why they lost Game Seven, in my opinion. But you know, he, him, and Kyrie obviously really, really found something after that Game Four, Game Five, whichever one it was, where they each scored forty-one points. I mean, they were just cooking, you know, playing well. And um, you know, I, I, I want to give all the credit in the world to LeBron James. You know, his his defensive plays. I mean, we saw you know in Game Six and Game Seven both. He was just coming out of nowhere. He probably had like at least uh, probably three or maybe four blocks each game. You know, his uh, patented come from behind and just swat when somebody's trying to lay it up. I mean, it's just a thing of beauty. So, um, you know, I just I love I love seeing him play like that aggressively on offense, aggressively on defense, and that ultimately got it done. No, it was it was great watching what he did because in this era of NBA, you don't see the hustle like you used to see back in the day, and that play when um, Iggy went for the dunk on the breakaway and LeBron, LeBron Iggy's probably got a 10 foot head start on LeBron and he comes down the court and swats the shit out of his ball 
And uh, I put a vine of it up on the Sports Degens account today. It is one of the most impressive plays, and it just shows you how easy it has to be for the rest of that Cavs team to back a player like that. When you see your star doing that, which there's a lot of teams in the NBA where you don't have that, that's that's huge. Um, I'm not I'm not the major basketball guy. Everyone owns up a baseball guy in other sports, but I've watched a lot of basketball in my day, and the LeBron, what LeBron does these days. He reminds me of a bigger Magic Johnson. LeBron can play all the positions. Magic played all the positions back in the day. He started at center one NBA Finals. Um, LeBron can do all those things. It's impressive. He became the fifth player in NBA history to earn three NBA Finals, three or more NBA Finals MVPs. Um, He's great. And I was never a huge LeBron fan. I respected what he did. It's like we'll get to the Dodgers-Giants. I respect the hell out of Clayton Kershaw. I respect LeBron James. But today, if you haven't seen this yet or anybody hasn't seen this yet, check the Sports DJ's account, check my account, check, just search it on Twitter. LeBron is King James on the court and off the court now. The outfit he wore getting off the plane in Cleveland to troll the shit out of the Golden State Warriors was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if, if you've seen it, Rome. He was wearing an Ultimate Warrior T-shirt to prove that he was the Ultimate Warrior. It's not hard to figure this one out. And he was wearing the Kermit the Frog sipping on his tea hat. That it's none of his business. So um, did you check that out at all? You know, I, I saw the picture. And not until you just literally put it together for me did I really realize how big of a troll job that was. <laughs> yeah. He basically gets off the plane and says, I am the ultimate warrior. I am the champion, not the Golden State Warriors. Right I mean, to their he- face. Yeah. And he was smart enough. He found a blue and gold Ultimate Warrior T-shirt. Oh man, you, you know, as as like, a big, which is beautiful. Yeah, you know, the the Ultimate Warrior was definitely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But you know, not so not only to pay tribute to, you know, to the to the man, the myth, the legend that is the Ultimate Warrior, but absolutely, you know, he 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 was the Ultimate Warrior in that series. He even last year, I mean, they obviously they lost, but he was by himself against the Warriors and. I believe they still won at least one game, but you know, yeah, he he got the best of in this series, and good for him. I'm so happy that he was able to bring the championship back to Cleveland, and um, hey, that was that was unreal, man. That's especially with the hat, and just like you said, man, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be owning that for a while. Yeah, and you know, more power to him. The guy deserves it. Um, you know, everyone kind of they didn't take it away from him when he won it in Miami, but they said, oh, you're the big three. You had Wade, you had Bosch. Well, in Cleveland. Sure, he had a three. He had Irving, who's a stud, and he played great a couple of huge games. But uh, let's be honest, Kevin Love, what happened to the fat, cuddly Kevin Love that got double-doubles every night in Minnesota? Now we got the GQ model Kevin Love that until game seven seemed like he was afraid to bang on the glass anymore. So LeBron earned the shit out of this one, brought a big title back to Cleveland. And um, more importantly, this leads me to my final questions on the finals. I want to get your opinion on this because we already saw Dennis Rodman's today. We've heard Michael Jordan's. We've heard Scottie Pippen's. The Warriors might have won 73 games. But as the one of the Bulls' slogans says, 79, 72 and 10 has a better ring to it. <laughs> so is their season the best ever even though they didn't win? Is it like the, the, the Patriots going 18-0 and 0 and losing in the Super Bowl? Is that how you look at it? 
You know, that's that's a really good comparison. I, I think that's a really fair and a good comparison. I don't want to diminish what they accomplished in the regular season because, listen, you know, not only are they playing in the West, the Western Conference, which is loaded, it's not like, you know, the Cavs had a cakewalk through the playoffs to get to play the Warriors. I mean, honestly, that's, we, we can't look at it any other way. They were well-rested. They were healthy this year. Um, you know, in my opinion, they definitely had a little bit of help from the association from the refs. But now the Warriors, listen, they to, to break that mark of the regular season record is tre- tremendous. It's phenomenal. It's it's. I didn't think they would do it. I, I can't believe that they did uh, because, again, it's. I, I don't want to compare it to different eras. Everybody was talking about, oh, would this Warriors team beat the Bulls team you know, from the 90s? I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I, I couldn't compare. I didn't. I didn't watch that Bulls team close, as closely as I'm watching the NBA games nowadays. But absolutely, it's it's a tremendous accomplishment. And you know, obviously, uh, Pippen and Jordan are gonna you know be a little salty and, and throw in their two cents about it, and <laughs> you know, just try to try to make it seem like it, it's uh, you know it's not a big deal unless you finish it. But you know, ultimately, they were one game away. Um, they didn't quite have enough in the tank to, you know, to, to win Game Seven. So, you know, that's that's what they have to live with until next year. Yeah, no, it's it's a great accomplishment. It's a different era of basketball. It is what it is. But I'll end it with this. This is the exact quote from Rodman's tweet: "Congrats, the Cavs, for winning the NBA title. Warriors, you had a great regular season, but the greatest team of all time is the '95-'96 Bulls." Um, yeah, it's it, the best comparison I can make is like I said to the Patriots. Um, I'm, I'm a huge Dolphins fan, and Mercury Morris still to this day cracks champagne when the last team loses their first game. But um, the Warriors had a great year, but in this area where, like you even said, the Cavs were well rested throughout the playoffs. LeBron missed stretches of time, which I think might have helped humongously in the in the finals. Um, the Warriors never stopped; they just went, went, went. So that's something to think about, you know, maybe pull a Popovich and rest your guys as the season goes on. But let's get off the finals here. And um, real quickly, even during the finals, it was a big story. You're the NBA guy way, way, way immensely more than I am. Um, Kevin Durant seems to be going to every team in the NBA right now. If you go on the right Twitter feed, you'll see a Photoshop photo of him in every uniform. Um, I, I know you have your visions of purple and gold. I understand this. Uh, where do you where do you think, in reality, not in you know this is what I would love. Where do you think Kevin Durant's going to go? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, man. I I, uh, I am not necessarily believing all the hype that he's going to leave OKC. As a matter of fact, I am almost a hundred percent certain that he is going to stay in OKC. You will see Kevin Durant in a Thunder uniform next year, and let me tell you why. Uh, because he can he can sign the one year deal, uh, basically uh, he can basically get paid uh, just a one year. I don't think it's a max, but he can get a, a pretty nice one year deal, and then he can have all of his options open up at the end of next year. And I think that's what he's going to do. Because listen, it's it is a phenomenal and a huge uh, free agent class this summer. I mean, there are a ton of big names um, that are out there. You know, LeBron, but obviously after winning, he's probably going to stay. You know, Al Horford, Hassan Whiteside. Andre Drummond. Um, I mean, there is if you if you look it up and you look at the list, there are a, a ton of big big names that you know have the option to to kind of look around. And um, you know, I'm, I'm working on an article right now. I've got about half of it done. I'm gonna try to get at least half of it out tomorrow, and then the other half out hopefully the day after. But I'm basically just breaking down the top ten picks uh, for the draft this year. 
and there is, I mean, it is going to be, it is going to be madness because, you know, again, with this, with this new TV deal, there's going to be a, a, a bigger influx of money coming in, which, you know, which is, you have teams like the Lakers, you have teams like, uh, you have teams that have been bad and have been waiting, saving money, you know, sa- uh, saving cap, cap space so that they can, you know, go, go spending and get some big names, uh, you know, for the, for their teams this summer. Uh, it's not this summer, the next summer, but for Kevin Durant specifically, I'm thinking, you know, listen, they took they took that great Warriors team to seven games, almost got it done. Uh, you know, really, I think this year was a big step forward for the Thunder. Um, I was really impressed with the way that Durant played alongside Westbrook and just as they played as, as, a, as a whole and as a team. And I think Billy Donovan was was kind of that missing key factor that they really needed to, you know, to kind of get everybody together. And that, and that leader, you know, that somebody that can keep Westbrook in check, somebody that can have Durant and Westbrook kind of see more eye to eye and and, you know, play together ultimately. So, uh, you know, Durant's a smart kid. He's not too emotional. I mean, he might be cursed by the base god. We don't know if this is if this is a real curse or not. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a rational guy. I think he's going to – I think he likes it in OKC. I don't I – don't, honestly, I don't see him as being like one of these, you know, big egoed uh, personalities that needs to be in like a New York City or needs to be in like an L.A. Uh, you know, he can get the – he can get – Paid on the side, he can get the advertisement deals. He can get all that stuff, uh, even being in a smaller market. And I think I think he's been there for so long. I think he's kind of he's kind of you know found it his his home. He's accepted the community. The community's accepted him. I, you know I think he's very comfortable there. So um, this year, I almost I, I'd almost be willing to put the bottom dollar, the bottom couple hundred dollars that he's going to be in the Thunder uniform next year. But after that, that's that's going to be uh, very difficult to keep him there because you know there's going to be a lot of teams willing to throw money and basically throw the keys to the franchise at him. Okay, so now you made you made way too much sense. Um, <laughs> we're going to – this is this is part of the, the bench with Bubba philosophy is, you know, we'll get you the facts, but then we're going to have some fun with this. Um, <laughs> since I'm not the big NBA guy, I'm going to play people's hopes and dreams. Um, can Le- just real quickly, can LeBron do a one-year deal like Kevin and then have all his options open up, or is he on a different type of – contract uh you know so let me look up one thing you know i think honestly i think that lebron is gonna again these are the top two free agents that are available this year um you know both forwards obviously lebron is all all world superstar so is kevin i think you know had they not won and had they not brought the championship back then eh, you know maybe we'll things might be a little bit different but i, I honestly think that you're gonna see um Dan, uh, it's Dan Gilbert, right? Yeah, Dan Gilbert. Yeah, it's Gilbert, yeah. He is going to throw just the most ridiculous contract in history ever at LeBron uh, to, to get him to stay in Cleveland long term. I, I, I do truly believe that. I think that, um, you know, I think that they really, they're going to they're gonna really try to keep, um, if not definitely Kyrie and LeBron together and hopefully some of the other pieces because, you know, ultimately I think they have a pretty good team. Um Kevin Love, I'm not so sure about. I mean, they gave him a pretty big contract. Uh, I think it was either last year or two years ago. And, you know, he's, he hasn't quite lived up to it, but he's done enough, obviously, this year to, to get him to where they wanted to be, which was the, uh, yeah. the championship. Um, for me, okay. LeBron, I, I, don't, I don't see him leaving. I think LeBron is going to – I think he's going to sign a ridiculous he, – he could. He could – if you're asking – the question was, can he do the same thing as Kevin Durant? He could. You know, if he's not quite sure, he could definitely just sign, like, a, a one-year basically max – um, and then kind of see what happens next year. But I, I think they'll. I think that he's going to want to be signed long term and get that commitment from Cleveland. 
Okay, let's go with that idea. Let's say Oklahoma City gives Kevin a one-year deal and LeBron a one-year deal in, in Cleveland, and we know Cleveland can't have nice things. So they got their one championship. That's over. Um, enjoy it. Go back to Johnny Menzel. Go back to your Browns. Six and ten is the best you're going to do. Live that life. Um, and then let's have some real fun with this. Because you mentioned the Lakers have all this money. They're going to build something there, but not with Kevin and LeBron. I think Kevin and LeBron need to go to the Knicks and hang out with Mr. Carmelo. <laughs> and then we could have the Lakers develop into this young powerhouse against the new big three in New York and get the Lakers-Knicks rivalry back together. And then, you know, um, if Dwayne Wade wants to take a cheap deal and bring him and his girlfriend up there, you know, Rihanna can – LeBron can get single. Rihanna's all over his jockstrap. She was already tweeting stuff off last night. She'd love to go to the big city. Um, I'm telling you, the sky is the limit with this, um, but that's just a pipe dream. I just want to have some fun with it. But it would be cool, wouldn't it? Hey, listen, I, I – uh, you know, I'm, I'm – just like I said, you know, you can you can go into Google, you can type, you know, rumors. You, you'll see everything from, you know, Kevin Durant to the Warriors, Kevin Durant to the Spurs, Kevin Durant to the Lakers. You know, I, I haven't seen too much LeBron to the Lakers. I've seen – I think I saw something like LeBron to the Knicks, uh, you know, to join Melo. Um, I mean, I, I listen, I, let me tell you something very real. Uh, as I was working on this piece that I'm about to put out, I was seeing a lot of heavy, heavy rumors, and a lot of it makes sense to me. Uh, it's speaking about the Lakers, that the Lakers are going to – I'm pretty sure – I'm hoping they're going to make a big move this summer, and I'm hoping it's going to be for my guy, PG-13, my boy, Paul George, from the Pacers, currently on the Pacers. I really think that they're going to try to get uh, Paul in purple and gold uh, this hopefully this summer and uh, you know bring him in and have kind of have him be that superstar to, to replace Kobe. And the more that I look at it, and the more that I look at some of the pieces involved, I really think it's, uh, I really think it's, 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 it's a distinct possibility. I'm just pulling up the article. Um, so obviously the Lakers have the number two pick this year, but you know what? What Larry Bird wants in return is pretty, pretty steep. You know, he wants, he's looking at the number two pick. He's looking at uh, probably some kind of concoction of like D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, Lou Williams, and maybe. I mean, he wants Julius Randle, but that would be giving up too much. So I would do – listen, I would do the number two pick this year, D'Angelo uh, Russell, Larry Nance Jr., and then like Lou Williams for Paul George and then the Indiana Pacers' 20th pick. So that way, yeah, you know, we'd have, we'd have, our, we'd have our star small forward. You know, obviously he's, Paul's loved in L.A. He's from, here, uh, from down here. Um, you know, we'd still have Randall. Um, and I think, I, think the, I think the draft is kind of sneaky deep this year. I mean, there's, there's some, you know, top-tier talent in the top three or four, and then after that there's like a bunch of kind of – you know, kind of risks, but if you really look and kind of the deeper you go in the draft this year, there's going to be some some diamonds in the rough. So I think at 20, um, you know, for the Lakers specifically, I, I, I think I would trust uh, Cupjack um, enough to, uh, you know, to, to really find some, some good talent there at 20. Wait, so I, I want to move on from the NBA here pretty soon because we have a lot to cover, but I got to – I have to ask you something now. Um, so I remember draft day last season, and by the way, the draft's this Thursday um, – Rome's got a great piece, like you mentioned, he's working on about, you know, upcoming teams in the lottery and all this stuff. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, we'll probably have Rome back on this kind of once free agency starts going and compare the draft, all that good stuff. One last thing. So you mentioned you'd be down to trade D'Angelo Russell to the Pacers. 
I remember when D'Angelo Russell was drafted, I didn't find a Lakers fan that didn't think they just found the second coming of Christ. They were <laughs> in love with D'Angelo Russell. And now you're like at the drop of a dime for Pete, you're ready to trade him? I just want to double check this. So listen, I was admittedly so I was I wrote a, an article uh, last summer about how well, I, I would yeah about how I was hoping that they would take uh, him instead of Jaleel or instead of you know obviously Carl Anthony was going to go number one. Uh, I was hoping they would go guard instead of big man uh, only because I, I didn't I don't know I just had this feeling I thought that yeah I thought that he was going to be something really really special and you know what he didn't have a he didn't have a, a horrible. Uh, you know, freshman season, but <laughs> listen, the first, the first like month or two months of the regular season, he was not really doing too much. And I was, I was not, I was very worried to say the least, but now listen, I'm here to tell you, I don't, if, if the Lakers didn't do anything, if they just drafted uh, whoever they're going to draft at number two, whether it be Brandon Ingram or whether it be, I don't think it's going to be Buddy Heald, uh, but let's say shit. I mean, if, if Ben Simmons is available there, um, you know, that's, that's great. But I, there, there's definitely it's a deep draft. You know, I think that I think that they need a small forward. They need a center. I think they'll probably handle the center in free agency this summer. I, I wouldn't be mad at all if they kept uh, everybody. Randall, um, Russell, Russell, Russell's going to get a lot better. The, the the scariest thing for me about Russell was that incident that he got into with the you know recording Swaggy P or whatever, and you know with, mm-hmm. the, with the you know with the whole social media you know breaking the bro code and just um, you know just yeah. really not being. Yeah, I can't break the bro code like that, man. Not, not like that. So you know, that's that's a little bit of a, it's a little bothersome. But you know, I think ultimately, you know, hopefully he'll, um, hopefully he'll. I mean, he's he's a young kid, man. He's like nineteen, twenty. He's like not even twenty-one. I don't think, or maybe he's okay. like exactly twenty-one. But you know, he'll he'll he's he's gonna mature a little bit. So yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll keep him. If not, hey, listen, I uh, if it requires him giving up him to get Paul George, then I'm not gonna be too mad at that either. I just thought of this now. Um, I forgot all about the bro code and Swaggy P. Um, I tweeted it out right before game seven. Swaggy P tweets out that he's single. Um, do you think any of this has to do with D'Angelo and his little tape that Iggy finally said, you know, enough of you. I'm not your thought anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, I think, I think he let his, uh, I think he let it all go to his head. You know, he, they gave him a pretty decent contract. I think it was two, three year, um, you know, probably close to like 30 something, 30 million. And, you know, they, they pet him out because he, you know, he had a couple of good years uh, in the D'Antoni era, you know, he was hitting threes, uh, putting up, you know, I think averaging close to 20. So, um, you know, I think he just got lazy. I think he got that money and, you know, he got the fame. He was dating Nagy and, you know, he didn't do anything last year, uh, at least not for Byron. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I hope the Lakers don't do anything with him. I, I hope they get rid of him. You know, I don't think he was, it was fun while it lasted the swaggy experiment and, um, yeah, you know, ultimately, yeah, if Iggy's done with him, then that, that probably has sealed his uh, his career with the Lakers. <laughs> oh, bye, bye, bye. Okay, speaking of L.A., let's get off the NBA for a little bit here. I know you were so excited. I've seen you already gone out and, you know, I'll just say, air quotes, dusted off his old Rams hat, not bought one. Um, I know he's pumped. The Rams are coming back to L.A. Rome has a team finally. Um, you got the number one pick in Jared Goff. Give me some thoughts. Are you are you how excited are you going into games? What's your expectations? Coliseum. What what do you got on the on the Rams? Well, um, you know I don't I don't even know what to think, man. It's I've never 
I've grown up my whole life and never had a, an NFL team to root for, specifically growing up in the L.A. area. It's a big area. Um, I live currently where I live is extremely close to where the stadium is going to be eventually in Inglewood. Uh, I live very close to the airport. I'm, uh, I'm very close to just taking, you know, hopping on the expo and, and going downtown at the Coliseum. So um, I am beyond excited. I can't wait to, to, you know, to see my, I haven't even seen an NFL game like live in the flesh at a stadium. You know, I'm just one of these cats that just watched it on TV uh, basically my whole life. So um, you, you can't put into words how excited I am. I've been repping the Rams for the past couple of years. I've got all my garb. Um, I don't have season tickets yet, but I've got some buddies who have season tickets, and we're definitely going to be – I'll be there at, at, at week two when uh, Seattle comes to town at the Coliseum. So you can look for me on TV doing some crazy stuff, repping the Rams. But, yeah, man, it's 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 been a dream come true. I mean uh, – great start uh, drafting golf. Uh, you know, I thought whether we got him or, or Wentz, that would be obviously the right, right move to get a quarterback, um, you know, start fresh in, in LA and we'll see how they do. I mean, I'm not expecting the world from them this year. You know, that defense is pretty, pretty loaded and they're going to be in a good place, but I think offensively they still have uh, some moves to make and, you know, some work to do obviously. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping, yeah, it, maybe in like two or three years, by the time the stadium's ready here in Inglewood, I think we're going to have a, a nice product, and I think more importantly, I think the NFL is going to want to, um, you know, make sure the Rams are, are competitive and in, 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 you know competing for a Super Bowl uh, because it's it's LA, it's such a big market. You know, we're a city of winners, and um, you know, I think I think we're ready to to get an NFL championship out here. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be a blast. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm still there's still a lot of things to come. Uh, I think their stadium's ready in two years. It'll be awesome downtown. Uh, I'm still curious. I have a re- I have a feeling I'm not the only one that there will be a second team if it'll be the Chargers or, or who else. Um, it only makes sense. I hope the I hope the people you know flock to it and keep giving it attention. That's always one concern I've had is there's so many people from all over the country that they want to have a fan base and blah 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 all that stuff. But I'm looking forward to seeing golf. I'm looking forward to seeing your team. My Dolphins play down there this year. I might have to make a road trip. Um, I don't want to get stabbed though. It is Inglewood, and that can get kind of dicey in that joint. Um, but you know, I, I can rep it one way or another. I've, I'll just party in Santa Monica. I've done that for the Rose Bowl. I'll have a good time. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm pretty happy for you on that one. It's going to be it's going to be really cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Come on down, man. We'll have a good time. Well, on another sport, a sport that I know so little about. I just know you can't use your hands unless you're a goalie. Um, I, I'm learning things as we go. I went to a game a couple years ago in Paris, the PSG game. That was awesome. Um, currently, I've watched more soccer in the last two to three weeks than I never, ever thought I would. Something about these international tournaments that just did great. Uh, we'll start out right now. The Euro Cup's taking place in France. It's been bananas. It started with 24 teams. Uh, qualifying rounds wrap up, I believe, tomorrow. Then the round of 16 starts this weekend. Um it's been crazy. There's been hooligans and people, the Russian people have just beating the crap out of people on and off the field. Uh, you got Croatian people shooting flares off and then their team loses the 2-0 lead in like 10 minutes. And it, it's, it's bananas. It's like, I'm sitting there going, I go to Lions games all the time. I would never dream of this shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's nuts. But um, what, what's your kind of takeaways from Euro cup so far? I know you're kind of, a, you're, you, you like your soccer, you're into your soccer. Uh, what's your takeaways from Euro Cup, and uh, who do you have winning it? Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I wish I was planning on 
following it a lot closer than I have been. Um, but, you know, I've still been following it. I've been I've tried to bet some of the games. Um, listen, man, they, this is the, the, the hooliganism and all that, all this kind of extracurricular stuff that we're seeing, um, you know, on a very serious note, you know, everything is magnified these days. I mean, we live in a crazy world and a crazy society, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, terrorist, terrorism or terrorist threats from uh, ISIS and from different, you know, religious sects, um, you know, that, that stuff's happening here domestically in the United States. I mean, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of crazy stuff to, to really watch out for. So obviously the events that happened in Paris uh, a few months ago, uh, you know, that was a big tragedy. And, you know, so so Europe in general is just on high alert and, and as they should be, because it's, you know, they, you know, these, these fucking idiots pick these type of venues, uh, you know, with these, these high population dense, uh, you know, events to, you know, to try to make a statement and do something stupid. So, but, you know, all, all that, all that more serious threat aside, you know, the, the hooliganism, that's just part of European football. I mean, I remember the first time I'm half Polish, I went to Poland and I saw the graffiti everywhere. And in Poland, it's not, they're okay at soccer, but they're definitely not like a big team, like in England or like a Germany um, or like in Italy, uh, like a France, you know? So that's just, it's just kind of part of the culture, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really, I think ESPN has done a great job. You know, they're out there um, basically providing full-time coverage. And I think they've really done a great job of kind of capturing the scene uh, in France and um, you know, just, yeah, you know, just, just putting a, a video camera in front of all this craziness that, that kind of has been happening, um, and, you know, so it's yeah, it's it's a trip to watch, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy to see how it can affect the games. Because just like you're right, I remember in that Croatia game where like, you know, those flares were were blowing up and just going off like right in front of players, and all of a sudden that, you know, they gave up the lead, and it's just, I mean, it's just literally you can't you can't script that kind of stuff. You know, it's just it's just so so raw. Um, yeah. But listen, just just to give you a couple quick. Uh, so obviously I'm half Polish. I'm rooting for Poland. Uh, they have a very good chance to get out of their group uh, top two. It'll probably be them in Germany. Uh, you know that that draw against Germany um, uh, three or four days ago, whenever it was, was was a huge win for us. Uh, we beat uh, Northern Ireland 1-0 in the first game, and then we play again tomorrow uh, against I can't remember which team, but we play again tomorrow morning. So hopefully that can be either a win or a draw as well. Um, but you know what? I like you know Germany hasn't quite looked as strong as they normally do, and kind of as we thought they would. Um, I think France is. You know, home home country, home nation. I think that that we can't uh, discount them. Spain has looked really good. A um, couple, you know, like Belgium might be a dark horse. Uh, I don't I don't expect Poland to win, but if they did, I wouldn't be wouldn't be mad at all. Uh, but you know, G- Germany's probably still the heavy favorite. I think if you go right now and you look at odds, I think France and Spain are are top two in terms of uh, betting odds. So you probably have a pretty good shot with those two. Cool, cool. And one more thing to the uh, the whole flares and stuff. I wanted to make a point. It blows my mind because when I went to the game in Paris, France, and like like you said, I, when I went to Paris, it was right after that cartoonist uh, bombing thing, when that protest. And then last year they had the, um, the big concert shooting and all that stuff. They've been having a lot of problems there, no doubt about it. I want to know how they're smuggling this stuff in because when we went to a game in late February, it was cold, so we had layers on. They made They confiscated my umbrella, a wooden umbrella, couldn't eat, there's no metal on the thing besides the the rungs on the umbrella, and I literally had to strip down to my t-shirt and my jeans, and I got frisked, like full mm-hmm. on. Now in America, I've smuggled in flasks and bags of wine and the works, so I was just I, I'm just baffled on how they get this shit in there. It's amazing. Uh, must be kind of prison tactics. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Um, but that's a whole other start. Speaking of prison tactics, we have a lot of South American teams involved. In the Copa America tournament here, it's broadcast in the U.S. of A. Um, USA had a big win the other night. They uh, advanced. The, the tournament started out with 16 teams. Semifinal start tomorrow as we face the heavy, heavy favorites, Argentina, led by the legendary, even I know him as Lionel Messi. Um, and then Wednesday, you got Colombia versus Chile. Replace game on Saturday and the finals on Sunday. Um, how do you think? Uh, how do you think the tournaments can go in? Kind of the impact this had for the U.S. and uh, who do you think's taking this one? Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's been a you know, fun Copa. It's been uh, it's been uh, filled with some surprises. I still can't believe that you know Mexico got absolutely annihilated by Chile uh, on Saturday night. I, I did not see that coming at all. I thought I thought I thought we would be seeing. Um, some you know semifinals of USA versus Argentina and Mexico um, against uh, Colombia. Colombia, right? So you know, I, I okay. So I, yeah, obviously, I don't as much as I want to be patriotic and give the United States a chance to uh, to beat Argentina. I, I just can't do it. You know, <laughs> Argentina. I expect them to win the whole thing. So um, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the U.S.'s year this year. But hey, listen, I, I'd hope to be wrong on that uh, on that prediction. Um, I thought I thought it would be Argentina Mexico in the final. So to see them uh, eliminate the last round was definitely, and especially the way they got beat. I mean, seven zero to to a you know apparently a very good and very solid, very uh, together Chile team. It's got me really thinking. You know, can they beat Colombia? I think I think they can. Um, I really I really think they can. I think it might be Chile versus Argentina in the final. Okay. Um... Now we, like you said, and it's realistic. You're being a realist. The USA to beat Argentina would be like almost like when the USA beat Russia in hockey. It, it would be like, do you believe in miracles? Um, yeah, this would be but, Ryan. This would literally be. I think this would be bigger than than that than that hockey game. Honestly, I, I mean, it's not it's not the World Cup. It's not the, the Olympics. The Olympics are coming up obviously later, later in the summer, but it would be up on that level. Would it be as crazy as OJ Simpson getting off of double homicide? <laughs> It would be it would be up on that level. <laughs> it would be okay, up on I, that level. I just want to compare it to whatever you know. Everyone's watching TV and stuff. I just want to make sure people understand. You know, not everyone's religious, so David and Goliath might not work, and not everyone's a hockey fan. So I figure, you know, OJ Simpson somehow got away with it, but that's a whole other topic. Um, so even if they lose Argentina, which we're all thinking they're going to do, and maybe they even lose the third place game to Colombia or Chile. People are saying they're improving drastically with the coaching change and the philosophy. How do you think they match up? Kind of, you don't have to go in depth too much, but it, how do you how do you think um, with the World Cup coming up? How do you think they'd fare in that? Like, are they going in the right direction, or are they going to be able to contend one of these days? Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Um, I they're, they're they they are definitely getting better and. Uh, you know, whether they, they've always had individual stars, you know, whether you look at a Landon Donovan, whether you look at a Clint Dempsey, um, Don't go back. And, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you go back a few years, you can look <laughs> at Alexi Lawless, our everyone's favorite funder. Um, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think I know a lot of people give give uh, Jurgen Klinsmann a hard time, but I was really impressed with what he did uh, two years ago in the World Cup. I thought that I thought that they play what played well. I thought that they played above expectation, at least my expectation. Uh, so far this year for the Copa, 
they've done that as well. I mean, they're in the semifinals. They've uh, that first game against Colombia was was a little bit of a disappointment, but Colombia is obviously a really good team as well. Um, so yeah, you know, they they rebounded from that. They they kind of came back. They had a game plan. They definitely they're definitely on the right track. The the biggest challenge for them is going to be to get whether it be uh, athletes like from playing other sports or whether it just be developing fundamental talent within the United States. Um, so what they need to do is they need to have all their best domestic talent go play internationally, you know, cause that's what, you know, that's what, like, if we're talking about basketball in terms of basketball, all these stars that are from Europe or South America or Africa, they all want to come to the United States to play in the NBA because that's the best league. So, so that's what, that's what we need to do with our young talent that's here in the United States. We need to get them to go out, whether it be, um, you know, whether it be playing in the Barclays, uh, you know, whether it would be playing club soccer with UEFA, we, they just need to, we need to give them a shot so they can see firsthand, you know, learn from these superstars like Cristiano Ronaldo, like uh, Leo Messi, um, like all these guys, especially in, in, in the, um, in the EPL, in the Premier League, uh, you know, go out there, see how these guys do it. Um, and then come back and share that knowledge because that's, that's the only way you're going to truly build that culture up because it's the United States has never really been too much of a soccer culture. It's always been uh, basketball or football or, baseball so um you know to develop that it's going to take a little bit of time and i think they've i think we've definitely seen strides made uh, you know in the last 10 or 20 years so we just seem to we just seem to keep it going yeah it's a good good call like uh, howard went and played goalie over there for a while i think donovan even played there for a little while and made some strides um i know what like one of the good things over here is the mls continues to grow there's more and more cities uh you're getting the occasional foreigner to come over here but yeah, like you said, to get the whole picture, there's every one foreigner here. We could send one guy there and get twice, like ten times the help type thing. I see what you're saying, but yeah. uh, that'd be awesome actually, because it also give more U.S. fans something to root for during non-international times. Uh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, here's part that was not on your outline. This is going to be the fun part of Facebook Bubba. It's <laughs> called get. It's called get to know your guest. This can be um, as rapid fire, as in-depth as you want it to be. But some of these will be simple. Some of these will make a grown man blush. Um, We'll start easy. What's your favorite food? Ooh, favorite food. Um, You know, I am going to go with... I'm going to go... We're going to go tacos. Um, We're going to go Mexican food slash tacos. That's what we're going with. Okay. Favorite adult beverage. So um, I, <laughs> I I enjoy. Okay, so if we're talking beers, you know, I like IPAs. I, I like just trying different craft beers. Um, lately, though, I've been feeling a little bit more uh, mature, a little bit more adult in my uh, in my tastes. So I've been I've been doing the champagne, uh, you know, mimosas, uh, you know, for the weekends, kind of getting started early and. And at night, uh, Brian, let me just tell you, if you if you don't enjoy a good Prosecco every now and then, uh, then I would highly recommend it. <laughs> a what? A Prosecco. It's a, it's an Italian sparkling wine from a certain oh, yeah, okay. region in Italy. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's gives you little bubbles, gives you a little, uh, a little something extra. <laughs> nice. I like it. See, we're getting to know Rome. Get to know your guest. Uh, favorite sport? Man, well, I got I got to go basketball. I think. Well, ah, ah, you know my my favorite sport. It's got to be basketball. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull a uh, Curtis Blow out here and tell you that basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So with basketball, it doesn't have to be a basketball team. But what is your favorite sports team? Oof, it's got to be the Lakers. Has to be. I mean, there's. Yeah, you, I mean, it's, listen. As much as I love the Dodgers and you know bleed that that blue, the Doyers, the listen, the Lakers. That's just a whole different animal. They're you know one of the best sports franchises um, ever. Uh, you know, arguably. So um, you know, you just look at the history. You look at, uh, but you know, to me, it's. Ever since I seriously started growing up and watching basketball, it was either, um, you know, Magic Johnson. It was, you know, Kobe Bryant when I was, you know, kind of middle school, high school, just really getting into it and seeing him grow as a player and obviously having Shaq and, you know, through the Kobe years with Powell and everything. So it's been – I think it's been the longevity and the fact that it's had in my life personally that, that kind of makes the Lakers the, the go-to pick there. Nice. Um, favorite sports jersey you wear? Grown men can wear jerseys. I don't care what people say. Grown men wear jersey. <laughs> if you want to hear a funny story, um, I was down at, in Venice Beach, and I was wearing – it's not it's not my jersey. Uh, I mean, I have a match jumping jersey, too, but this is my buddy's. It was a Mitchell and S jersey, like super, super, super nice, you know, really expensive Mitchell and S Magic Johnson jersey, and I was borrowing it. Borrowing it. it was a long time ago, probably like five or six years ago. And um, – we're down there at Hinanu in uh, Venice, and we're you know we'd all just been drinking all day and just like, you know just <laughs> just obviously uh, just kind of just kind of tore up, uh, a little bit banged up you know, and I was sitting there eating a burger. I was you know they, Hinanu has these really really good, um, home, not homemade but you know like fresh uh, craft like cheeseburgers that they do. They're, that's what they're known for. It's this it's this you know hilarious cash only dive bar there in Venice, like right by the beach. So I'm just sitting there you know just just complete not completely blacked out but just you know working on a blackout sitting there just chomping this double burger with bacon and all this, you know, just the heaviest thing you can imagine. And I'm just sitting there and I, you know, I've managed to finish all of it. And then I'm just like, you know, put, lay my head down just for a sec. And before you know it, you know, I'm out. So the security guy, like my buddies are telling me the next day, they're like, like, <laughs> they're like, no. you know, they're like Rome, you know, you, you kind of passed out at the bar, not a big deal, but you know, obviously the, the bartender kicked you out or not the bartender, the security kicked you out. But the way that they said it, they were like, they went over to my buddy. They're like, yo, like, yo, you got to get Magic out of here. Magic's sleeping over there on the yeah. bar. You got you to gotta get Magic out of here. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a Sunday fun day right there. Oh, man. Okay. Dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. Good man. Good man. Now we got to, get to have some fun here. <clears throat> Tender? Yes or no? I'm, I'm sorry. Say that good? Oh. Are you? Do you have an account on Tinder? Oh, Tinder. Uh, I do have a, a Tinder account. Yeah. Is it is it working or not? Uh, not, not for what I. Am. I'm trying to get a geographical idea on how it works. I live in a small town, America. I'm a married man, so I don't get to live with these cool things kids have these days. Um, <laughs> so this is a way to live vicariously through the rest of you guys. Um, how's it work down in LA? You know, it's it's changed a lot. I've uh, I used to. Ha it's honestly, it has changed a lot. Back when it came out, I don't know when it came out, four or five years ago, or some shit. It was completely different. There was a lot less riffraff. Problem with Tinder and a lot of these, you know, apps like that is that you got these. I mean, you got like literally all sorts of weird riffraff. You got like prostitutes and like weird cam girls and stuff on there. You know, catfishes, all sorts of all sorts of you know, just 
weird waste of time shit. So um, I don't. I try to stay off of it. I'd rather just go out and you know <laughs> try to. Um, if anybody knows me, I know that Brian knows this about me, and maybe some other uh, some other close friends. You know, you know. Sometimes I just I, sometimes I'm not too picky. You know, sometimes I don't have a problem. Uh, you know, uh, bringing something home that obviously I wouldn't want to show mom, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bring it up, but now that you have <laughs> Hey listen, I've I, I, I am a very uh I'm a very uh I'm not a hater, you know, when it comes to comes to the ladies. I've got I've got a keen eye, uh you know, I, I I've got an eye for beauty. Uh it doesn't have to be physical perfection. Obviously there's a lot of dimes down here in, in the LA area and you know, but they usually all come with uh, baggage, bad attitudes, uh, other intentions, agendas. So I've learned to I've learned to kinda see the value in some of the uh you know, some of the, uh, you know, four fives and sixes, uh, you know, they, they oftentimes are a lot more fun. <laughs> hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with being like Ichiro and almost hitting 400. There's nothing wrong with that. I like that comparison. Yes. Um, favorite guilty pleasure TV show. One you wouldn't think, you know, a guy of uh, Rome's uh, bachelor eligibility would watch. Hmm. Like Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, soap operas, shit like that. You a Lifetime fan? <laughs> no, not not really a Lifetime fan. You know, I've been the. I, I'm I'm really a big history guy. I love seeing and watching. It. So obviously, I got Netflix, and uh, you know, any documentaries on there are really interesting. Actually, I'm a I'm a I'm. <laughs> I was obsessed with the uh, Ancient Aliens series when they were doing that uh, when it first came out. So I, I considered that my guilty pleasure for a while, but I will tell you just really quickly, I for the past you know eight ten years, however long they've had the Bachelor out, I never watched the Bachelor, or the Bachelorette, or any of that shit. I watched uh, the Bachelorette like you know three three or four weeks ago, so random Sunday, and I could not believe how funny this this shit was. It was unreal. It's it's literally comical. You see all these tools, all these meatheads, all these douchebags. You know, it's just like a big frat party. And it's dude, it is, and it's all scripted, obviously, but it, it is just, it is hilarious. <laughs> it really is. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Embrace it. Oh. Uh, and last but not least, the number one girl on your to-do list. Man. Oh, that's that's hard, man. Because I, you have to understand, I, I live in an area where. Especially right now during this, during this heat wave, where like I just walk outside and it's just like, you know, I, I mean, you see all the Rihannas of the world and you see the the Emily, you know, Red Red or whatever her name is, and you know, you see all these like Instagram models, you know, Emily Ciro, Emily Sears, you know, your Donna Ventura or whatever her name is. You see all these chicks on on online and you're like, oh wow, that's you know, they're really really hot. But dude, when you when you're out here in LA, like by Venice or by the beach, Santa Monica area, you know Hollywood. I, I don't go to Hollywood ever, but there is just so much, just you know, just flesh out here, man. It is just a meat market, and it's just like it's unreal, man. Because they're all, you know, they're all wanting to get discovered, so they're doing whatever the hell they have to to, you know, to to get out there. Um, okay, I'll give you I'll, I'll, I'll give you all you guys a sleeper sleeper pick of mine. If any of you guys out there already follow her or already follow them, they're uh, they're a great duo. Uh, so you know, Rome, look at me. I'm already giving you good odds. I'm giving you two for one deal out here right now. So check out um, <laughs> check out Natasha Oakley, and check out Devin Brugman. 
they uh, they created a bikini line. Uh, it's called Bikini a Day. So you can check them out on Insta, Twitter, Snapchat. But I mean, they are some like professional bikini models that are just super hot, obviously, but they're really fun. Like they're just cool. Like, you know, they're kind of obviously that model type, but you know, they have fun together. Uh, they travel the world. So it's, uh, you know, on, on more of a little bit of more of a mature level, you know, I'm about to turn 31 here, so I can't got to do it a little bit more grown up. So that, that, that would be like a, you know, like a perfect catch for me. That a boy. All right. Let's just hit a couple more current topics in sports and then we will wrap this bad boy up. Let's just kind of do these quick hit styles, uh sentence or two. If you were Steph Curry, what would you do about his wife, Aisha Curry's tweeting habits? You know, I, 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 want, I want to say something funny, Woody. Yeah, you know, just, um, I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're a professional sports personality uh, or, or a wife of a professional sports personality, you just got to stay off of social media, especially, you know, when it's, when it's the big time, you know, when you're in the Super Bowl, when you're in the uh, NBA finals, I know, Giselle uh, got into trouble, not for anything that she tweeted, but I think she was on camera, like saying something about, uh, you know, they wait, the way that the rest were treating Tom or the way that somebody was treating Tom. So, um, you know, it's all, it's just too easy these days to, to have words blown out of proportion or you know, to get, to get caught up in an emotional time. So best thing you can do is just play it safe and just, you know, yeah. So if you're, if you're Steph, you know, just take her phone from her, or deactivate her account, whatever you got to do, just, yeah, just don't let it happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty simple. It's not even being a male chauvinist or anything. You just need to shut the hell up. It's very simple. Just let your man do his job, collect his paycheck, and shut up. Um, in game six, I believe it was, Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece into the stands after he was did. What would you do if you caught Steph Curry's mouthpiece? What would I do if I caught Steph Curry's mouthpiece? That's, that's an interesting one. Um I mean, so you, you have two options. You can either keep it or you can sell it. I can, you can probably get a pretty good, pretty good figure on it. I think there would be some, uh, some Warriors, some uh, Oakland, uh, you know, Bay or Yay Area fans out there, some Yay Destrians that would, would pay a top dollar uh, for that knob piece. Um, you know, I'd, I, I would keep it, though, because, you know, obviously the, the dude that he hit was on TV. You know, you got all the, 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 the gifs and the, the still frames of, you know, him throwing it at him. So, uh, you know, I think you would already kind of be immortalized in a way. So I, I think you got to keep it at that point. I can't argue that except for the point that I would sell it because, A, you could fetch a stupid amount of money for a stupid mouthpiece. And, B, like I said, I'm a married man, and there's no other male DNA allowed in my house for a permanent <laughs> period of time. So Steph Curry and his mouthpiece and get the hell out of here, and I'll take a nice paycheck with it. There you go. Um, real quickly, Ichiro Suzuki just broke uh, the all-time hit record. He now has 2,980 hits in the U.S. in 16 MLB seasons, 1,278 in nine seasons in Japan, for a total of 4,258 hits in 25 years of baseball action. He doesn't even have 3,000 hits in America. Some people think he's the real hit king. Some don't. People are calling Pete Rose the hit queen. Pete Rose is getting pretty pissy. Probably wants to go sign more autographs to make some more money. Just gonna gamble. Who knows? But he's living the Vegas dream. Do you feel that that Ichiro is the all-time hit leader? Uh, no, no, I don't. I mean, uh, yeah, I, you know, listen, I don't. I'm not as I'm not as big of a of a baseball historian or aficionado as 
as a lot of other uh, you know guys out there, probably including yourself, Ryan. I, I think that you are the baseball guy in terms of uh, in terms of our crew. Um, but no, I, listen, I think that I think that there's got to be some d- degrees of separation. Itro has had a f- fantastic career here, um, you know, in the states, uh, playing in in the, in the MLB. But you can't you can't do Pete like that. I mean, Pete is a is an all time legend, not only for the hits record, but he's got a whole bunch of other records. And you know, I think I think honestly, what they're doing to Pete, what the commissioner is doing to him, is just is just unbelievable. You know, I think they really need to lift that ban. I think he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And hey, listen, yeah. you know, no one's no one's perfect, and you know, obviously he he uh, he probably made some bad decisions back in the day in terms of when he was a you know a uh, uh, skipper, but no, I, I, he's always going to be, at least in my mind, um, the hit king. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's like, it'd be like saying in the, in the NFL, okay, now we're going to count Warren Moon and, uh, Kelly and Steve Young and all these guys, uh, stats from the USFL. Cause you know, they threw it like crazy. So now they're the all time leaders and Brett Favre can go suck a big one. And Dan Marino, you have no rings and you suck now. And it just, it just wouldn't work. And, um, Pete Rose already can't go to the Hall of Fame. He's a degenerate gambler. And now people want to call him a queen and take away the one thing he has left. Like, really? He lives in Vegas. He's already hit rock bottom. <laughs> Let's not ruin this guy. Pete Rose doesn't even have 3,000 hits in America. He's a great ball player, but come on now. Uh, you know, the funniest thing I've ever heard Ichiro say, I'll give him this much, his first English phrase he learned when he was playing in St. Louis because it was hotter than Hades, he was telling people it's hotter than two mice fucking in a wool sock. That was Ichiro's, <laughs> that was Ichiro's first American phrase. That's when you know he's a good guy, but even good guys don't get records. Pete Rose is the hit king. Um, hey, Brian, us, us DJs have to stick together, so we support yeah, we support Pete Rose. <laughs> on, Pete Rose is just – he's barely – he goes and signs 50 autographs for a total of, like, five grand maybe, and then he goes and puts it on black to try to win that <laughs> night. Like, the guy is just – Going, you know, day by day out there. Um, okay, Stanley Cup just ended. My San Jose Sharks finally didn't, you know, completely blow it in the playoffs like normal. They got to the finals. It was awesome. The Pins won in four, or I mean in six, four to two. They were great. If it wasn't for Martin Jones in the goalie net for the Sharks, it would have been over in four. Um, I just wanted to bring it up real quick. I don't know if you're really paying attention to it or not since, you know, the Sharks knocked out the Kings pretty early and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty intense playoffs. The playoffs are a blast. And um, I'm hoping it's things to come for the Sharks overall. They're pretty young. They're making some good moves. They went and picked up another guy today. Uh, Jonesy's young. I like where they're going with it. Do uh, you have anything to say about the Stanley Cup finals? You know, I'm, I'm definitely not too big of a hockey guy, even when the Kings were going through their championships and – it's probably one of the sports I follow the least amount, but I do like betting it. I mean, I, I like to bet just about anything. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had a feeling that Pittsburgh was going to, was going to take it at least the series ultimately. Um, but listen, I'm, I'm happy to see the sharks there. I remember, you know, all those years when the Kings were winning, you know, we, we always matched up with the sharks uh, early on in the Western conference. And those were always fun series. You know, they were usually, yeah, they were, they were usually close. You know, I'm trying to remember now if uh, I think, trying to remember if they're high scoring. I think they're usually pretty low scoring with, with quick and, um, you know, shutting down some of the, some of the offensive prowess with Pavelski and with uh, Joe Thornton and some of the other studs that they have. 
but no, I'm I'm happy for San Jose. I mean, I, I went to college up in up in the Bay Area, up at uh, UC Santa Cruz. Shout out to the Banana Slugs, but the Banana um, Slugs. <laughs> but no, you know, I, I I know that I know that San Jose. Um, I've partied up there a bunch of times. Definitely been up to the city a lot. It's a great city. It's a growing uh, community. One of the fastest growing cities, I think, in the country. And um, you know, they deserve they deserve all of it. You know, so I'm happy that they're in the Stanley Cup. Uh, so yeah, hopefully they'll have some opportunities in the next coming years to get back there and get it done. Okay, now I have to bring this up because we've talked for a while now, and I never knew you went to Santa Cruz. Did you partake in the naked run on the first rain of every year? Ah, <laughs> a, a very good question. A very good question. So uh, I never did, not not fully, and I was going to because I remember the. I went, you know, Santa Cruz is different because it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of, it's, it's one big campus that's divided up into a bunch of smaller like colleges, uh, you know, that they each have their different themes. So I was, I was at this, I was at like the, uh, like computer science or something uh, college, you know, it was all the way at the top of this, of this really big campus. And I remember they were all talking about it in freshman year. They're like, yeah, you know, because it rains a lot up there. So they're like, you know, the first times it rains, you know, we're all going to go running naked. And I was I was kind of like I was a little bit, a little bit skeptical, a little bit hesitant, obviously in the beginning, um, and I was gonna do it. I was like, I was a swimmer in college, so I had I was kind of like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just start out in the speedo. You know, I'm thinking I'll just right. pop on a speedo, no big deal. Uh, it's gonna be basically the same thing. So I was getting, I was gonna kind of getting mentally prepped, you know, ready for it because you know, shit, it's cold out there, and it's, you know, you got to be drunk as shit. And I swear to God, I I, I was uh, I was on the bus and I was coming back to my college. And I, I, I saw start of the I saw the start of it, and I'm telling you, it was nothing but dudes. It was the biggest. It was literally, literally, literally the biggest sausage fest I've ever I could have ever imagined. You know, it's like just the wrong scene for me. I was like, where, where are the titties? <laughs> Somebody show me some titties. So, uh, so no, I, I can't say that I actually did it, but I was uh, I was I, I was witness to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I got some good quotes now. Biggest sausage fest I've ever seen, and where are the titties? Um, okay, so FX had their big OJ miniseries. ESPN just had their one. It's getting awesome reviews as well. Just one real quick answer. Did he do it? Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, listen, I remember you know growing up and being a, a native Southern Californian, the, you know, the trial back when it was happening, I was, I think I was in uh, third or fourth grade and it was, I mean, I, I knew nothing. I was a kid. I knew nothing about, about, I, I didn't know anything about anything. And I knew that this trial was a huge deal. I mean, the way that it captivated LA and I didn't realize until watching, just like you said, Brian, the, uh, the sports center or the, or the ESPN series that they did, the miniseries, this thing was a five part miniseries was just tremendous. I mean, did a, did a phenomenal job of breaking down not only uh, you know, OJ is an athlete, you know, his early times as an athlete at UFC and as his kind of professional career, career developed and as his later life developed, but, you know, really taking a deep look at the, uh, at the racial uh, and socioeconomic tensions that were, that were brewing and all that crazy shady shit that was going down in LA with the police department, you know, with the Rodney King beatings. And I mean, it was, it was just a great, you know, like I said, I love documentaries. So it was a great, um, it was great for me to watch that because it, it reminded me a lot of, the stuff that I remember seeing when I was younger and I just couldn't comprehend or understand back then. And then seeing it all, uh, you know, every piece together, everything organized. And, and then, yeah, you know, obviously to see all the details, 
all the all the different videotapes of OJ. Um, you know, all the man. I mean, he, dude. There was so much evidence going against him. I mean, the entire the entire thing was it was a slam dunk case. And you know, for the prosecutor, yeah. And then for the prosecutor, you know, for them to make the decision to you know to have him put on the glove when that's the basically the, that's basically the only thing they didn't need him to do. You know, they had everything else in line. You know, he was done. He was gonna. He was going to go and then, yeah, you know, but, but there was so much that I learned about that. Like I had no idea how, you know, uh, how close uh, Marcus Allen was, uh, you know, to Simpson and to, to Nicole Brown. And, you know, that definitely kind of made it seem like they were banging on the side. And I mean, just, yeah, just so much, so much nuance and so many small details that I just couldn't even imagine, and, you know, that I oh, yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of pieced together after watching it. I mean, it's unreal. Definitely. Well, from one crazy athlete to another, Dustin Johnson wins his first career golf major. He won the U.S. Open yesterday. There's an insane course in Pittsburgh, Oakmont Country Club. Um, he got penalized but didn't get penalized and finally got penalized. One of the biggest clusterfucks I've ever seen. The USGA was just amazing with that, but he played great. Now, the question I have for you, because I know you're not a big golf guy. I'm a big golf guy. It was awesome to watch. But um, you have to know his wife, our fiance, Paulina Gretzky. Um, Dustin Johnson has made millions of dollars golfing in his life. Is he a bigger winner on the course or off the course? Oh, off the course for sure. I mean, he, he could have gone his entire career and never never won a major, and he would still be one of the biggest winners in my book. <laughs> I mean, the guy, is, the guy is just nails. You know, he's he's built like a – he doesn't look like other golfers. You know, he's got like that, you know, lean kind of muscular look, and he's just like – he's just like a good-looking dude, honestly. I mean, no homo, but, uh, you know, he's, he is, he is doing it. He is killing it. He's, you know, he's married to, or about to get married to Pauline Gretzky. I grew up in, in uh, Westlake Village, California, which, uh, you know, the Gretzky family uh, has a house and grew up in, in basically Pauline was raised out there in Lake Sherwood. You know, they had, uh, Tiger has his uh, tournament out there, the Target oh. Open in uh, Sherwood Country Club. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the area. Um, I definitely know exactly who Pauline is. I've, I haven't met her personally, but I've definitely been to parties out there that she's been at. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, listen, she's a hot, she's a hot little mama. Uh, I don't know. Do they, I think they have kids together, right? They have one. Yeah. They have one yeah. that's like two years old. I ran out, I ran out to him when he finished the 18th hole. That's, that's right. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Listen, that's, listen, congratulations to DJ. Um, you know, obviously I think, I think we all know that, uh, that him and Paulina like to party. I think they both have a little bit of, uh, a little habit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I used I go to the Pebble Beach Pro-Am every year. Uh, last year, I got to cover stuff for sports DJs, but I usually just go regardless. And uh, in my first year was three years ago, and I'm sitting in between one of the greens and one of the tee boxes, and Gretzky and DJ play every year together. They finish up on the green, they walk across, and they're ready to tee off. And I'm, I had a few drinks, and um, – there's this just smoke show comes walking up the stands next to me. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell? And I'm just watching, uh, looking at her up and down. And DJ's no more than 10 feet from me. And she's just, I fucking the shit out of him. And um, all of a sudden, DJ tees off and the great one tees off. And then uh, she lifts her up and goes, hey, Dad, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, man, thank God for smartphones. I started Googling her name and everything just came up. And, um, yeah, in person, amazing. That's all I can say is amazing. 
Yeah, man. Um, she's uh, she is she is very talented, and he is a he's a lucky man. <laughs> yeah. Two really quick things I want to mention. We're not going to break it down at all, but on either the next pod or the following pod, I'll go deeper into uh, DFS is now legal in New York. It passed both sections of Congress and was signed into action. There's some certain regulations that are still juggling out, so I want to get that lined out before it really gets broken down. I also, uh, coming up, there is a potential DraftKings and FanDuel merger. Uh, I want to get into that, but I want to get more of the details before we just speculate because I have enough opinions, and you'll hear way too many of them. Let's get some things right first. Um, So we're going to end it with this. Tomorrow is Skip Bayless's last day at ESPN. He he, he gave out a, a crying tweet saying it's his last day with his brother, Stephen A., Two of the people on this planet I cannot stand are those two guys. Um, but in honor of them and their hot takes and ridiculous takes, and I won't use the other R word because that's just wrong, but um, the NBA draft coming up this week. You're writing your piece for it. You're doing the research. Give me a, a, a Skip Bayless-type hot take to take us out on the NBA draft. <laughs> Skip Bayless-type hot take. Um, all right, well – let me see if I can do my best Skip impression. Uh, this is for you, Skip, if you're out there listening. Uh, so I am here to tell you guys right now that there is going to be a lot of hot action this summer, free agency action that is going to translate into a absolutely crazy and unbelievable draft. Now, if you would just want to take a look at two specific teams right now, I've got my eye on two teams that – are going to be making moves, gentlemen. I'm talking major moves in this draft. So if you look at Phoenix, Phoenix has got, I believe it's four picks in the top 50, and Boston, I believe, has six picks in the top 50 of the NBA draft this year. So you can you can basically guarantee that those two teams, Boston and Phoenix, are going to be making some moves. They're going to be making some big moves. Um, and, you know, I'm telling you right now that, hey, Stephen A., Stephen A., let me finish, Stephen A., I'm telling you right now <laughs> that we are going to see just chaos this this NBA draft. I mean, I'm I am so excited for it. I've been I've been trying to research as much as I can. Like I said, I've got the first five teams kind of pinned in what I think exactly is going to happen. But I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. I just we're all that's why you see so much of this of this craziness out there on the internet right now. But I can guarantee you on Skip Bayless's last day tomorrow. And obviously the draft is Thursday, but I guarantee you, in honor of Skip, this is a Skip Bayless guarantee that the Suns and the Celtics are going to be making moves. So take that to the bank. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's what I do. That's how we wrap up a great, great, fun pod, as always, with Rome's always fun. Uh, again, you can find him at Rome Shots on the Twitter. Ladies, look for him. He's an eligible bachelor, Santa Monica, Venice Beach, strutting and strolling. He doesn't have very high standards. He's a friendly ladies' man. If you're just looking for some fun, this is your guy. I'm not even being a, an asshole here. This is the words out of his mouth. Um, Rome, again, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll do this again for sure. And I want to thank everybody for listening. This is going to get better and better as we go. This was episode one of Benched with Bubba. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Hey, thanks, Brian.